Hi guys and welcome to podcast two of The Black Lodge. Um, This podcast really is another kind of general talk I want to have, just introducing the basic ideas of the kind of stuff I'd like you to be thinking about when you're formulating your plans and figuring out how you're going to go and approach your online materials. One of the greatest things about this whole situation is that while it does take a bit of learning is you can do most of this yourself. You can actually take control of how your classes are built and structured yourself uh, in a way that you may not have been able to do in a live classroom before. So whether it's the most simple solutions of recording yourself using your phone, using a, a standalone microphone to improve the quality of your audios, whatever it is, you can choose how much or how little you want to take control of your material. One of the core fundamentals I completely believe in is that you know your students better than anyone else does. And and that's a great thing. So the best thing that someone like myself or any other professional can do is to help show you different approaches and introduce you to different tools that you can use to better filter your teachings into an online environment. That's what we do. We provide a torch that can help you find your path, uh, but it's important that it's your path that you find and not some path that we just arbitrarily lay out that you've got to kind of squeeze within. I don't want to do that kind of thing. But there's also a warning that comes with this newfound freedom is there's the danger of people who who jump in too fast. Um, Now, of course, time is tight and absolutely we all need to get going and working on this stuff as soon as possible. But what I'm trying to do here is to help you guys avoid some of the problems, nightmares, mistakes, pitfalls that I fell into over all the years I've been working in in media. They're, they're the same mistakes for all of them. There isn't the time for you to go through all those learnings yourself. So where possible, I'm going to try and introduce you to some ideas and try and warn you off some of those dead ends that are just going to suck up that time you have so that the time you spend building these classes is as productive and as positive as possible. Believe it or not, teaching and films aren't actually that different. Everything centers around a story, a beginning, a middle and an end. And if you satisfy that structure, that narrative, um, that narrative arc, you will build naturally engaging lessons that your students will appreciate. So let's go over the basics. Regardless of where your content will end up or regardless of what platform you choose or is chosen for you, there are core essentials uh, that you have some control over. Okay, so from a tech point of view, you're going to have to really think is what do you need? Not what you want, not what you like the idea of or what you saw someone else using. It's it's what you actually need to deliver the lessons that you have to give. Um, I would argue that audio is pretty much the only thing you can't live without. Whether it's video, whether it's a slide presentation, obviously a podcast, Audio is the centerpiece and even particularly with video, you can get away with not great video, but you can never get away with bad audio. It's just something about how our brains work. If we can't understand what you're saying, if it's not clear enough, we'll switch off. Our, we, our brains just naturally reject it. Have you ever tried walking down the road 
listening to a poorly produced podcast or something where it's too low or if there's an annoying hiss in the background? How far did you go with them and did you listen to many more of their podcasts? And then are there other ones which perhaps maybe the content wasn't that great, but it sounded good and it sounded professional and it was just easy to listen to. So audio is going to be a centerpiece of whatever learning approach you choose. Um, the other question is visually, are you going to need yourself to be seen? Do you want to record yourself? And honestly, this could be a very simple question or it might be a more complex one. Obviously, some materials could really benefit from seeing the, the lecturer. Maybe there's stuff you have to demonstrate. Maybe there are certain concepts that are easier for you to express through using your hands and gestures. But also for other people, it can be down to just your personal teaching style and personality. If you are an expressive person, then maybe you feel it's quite important that you can get that energy across on camera so that your students can see that and pick up on your energy. So this is really something that you need to decide. Using video does add a little bit more effort to it. But once you get a good video set up that you're comfortable with, it shouldn't really add much more effort afterwards. So definitely something to bear in mind. And when it comes to video, don't just kind of think it's either all video or no video. It doesn't have to be like that. Maybe you think that doing like a 60 second video introduction to a lecture could be enough just so that the student has a chance to see you and engage with you. And then you could switch over to full screen slides and just audio for the rest of the presentation. Or it could be that maybe you appear at the end just to wrap up the points. Or what can be nice is even at different parts during a presentation, just to pop in yourself and actually just go a little bit deeper into a topic, or if there's a little aside that you want to talk about or a point you want to highlight, just the fact that you're switching from slides to the video of yourself is enough just to wake up the people's minds and just make them pay that bit more attention. Maybe you want to do your lessons simply as a PowerPoint presentation, and that's absolutely fine. The only thing I'll say is if you do choose to go the way of a PowerPoint presentation, it's important that your audio is as clear as possible, but also what you really want to work on is making sure that those slides work. And there's a number of key points that we'll be touching on on the YouTube channel. That's the Black Lodge YouTube channel to just make sure that they are as visually productive as possible. And just to give you the very basics of that, it's just making sure that you don't overclutter those slides. It's making sure that you use contrast and other tips efficiently so that it's always clear to the person watching what information you want them to see. There's nothing worse than a busy slide where someone's talking for about 15 minutes and nothing changes because it can be very hard for us to tell where our eyes should focus. We shouldn't really have to think about that. You should be helping us know. So simply by reducing the contrast or just by fading out certain areas and bringing another part to the foreground that's enough that says, hey, we're looking over here now and your students will thank you for it. And maybe you don't need slides at all. Maybe your presentation, your lecture, your session, whatever you want to call it, could be 100% audio. So basically a podcast. And this can work for many, many things, particularly theoretical type subjects. But have a think about it, because if it is something that doesn't really benefit from a visual point of view, or if your slides are going to be very sparse, and not have a huge amount of information on it, maybe it's better that everyone's full focus goes into just listening to your ideas. Podcasts are a wonderful way that students love to engage with nowadays because it means that they can really use them wherever they want, whether they're doing it on their commute, when they're out for a walk, whether they're sitting at home. And I know you might think you prefer 
that they are sitting at a desk with their pen and paper in their hand, but that doesn't mean that they can't do that afterwards. If it's something as casual as a podcast, they're far more likely to actually just pop it on and have a listen and probably re-listen. And if you get them to listen in that way and they're interested, then they're more likely to go back and do another pass through it. And that's when they'll take their notes, but already they've got a buy-in and they're interested in the materials. We've just got to look at how people engage with these things in a different way. And the truth is, I'm sure some of you may be skeptical about whether something like a podcast can deliver the level of learnings that you're used to delivering. And the, the honest truth is no one really knows. I've read up on some of the research in these things, but most of it is pretty basic and not overly tested in the real world. I think this year is going to reveal a lot about what does or doesn't work. So for the time being, until we know more, I would be quite open-minded on these ideas and just go with it. If it stops working, you can change it. If you record a podcast and you don't think it worked, you can build slides afterwards and you can just insert that audio into PowerPoint. So things are flexible. Don't, at this early stage, don't limit yourself. Try everything. And the only other thing as well that we're going to have to think about is whether you're going to need to edit your work. Now, I know there's a a knee-jerk reaction people tend to have where they feel like, well, of course I want to edit my work. I don't want any mistakes or any fluffs going out there. It'll be embarrassing. I don't want to put out bad information. Um, You're going to have to pull back a little bit on that. It's not that editing can't be done, but it takes a lot of time, um, a lot more than you probably expect if you haven't already done some editing. So it's not that it's impossible, but I would say save it for when it's really, really necessary. In a lecture theatre, when you make a mistake, you don't just walk out of the room, walk back in and start from the very beginning. You just correct yourself. You say, hold on a second, actually, or maybe I lost my place or you apologise. And then you move back on. And honestly, that's enough. And in fact, in an online environment, which can seem like a somewhat sterile environment sometimes, it can actually be a plus that you make mistakes or smudge a word and correct yourself. The reason being is it reminds the students that you are a human being, that there is a real person at the other end of this. There is a danger for online learning to seem overly clinical. And we connect with humans, we don't connect with robots. So what you see as flaws and negatives actually may be a great thing for your lessons that keep people engaged. And the more you're talking like yourself, the more you hit your natural rhythms, the more we're going to pay attention. If you start sounding like a perfect robot, it's, we're just not used to it. <laughs> call it evolution. We're not used to engaging with perfection. We're much more interested in people who fluctuate and change and adapt to situations. You don't have to decide any of these things right now. I just want to introduce the ideas that there's options available to you. And I don't want you to feel pigeonholed by whatever options you've chosen or that you're choosing right now. Um, Maybe some of your sessions will need video, some will need just audio, and maybe then you'll have another week that will be a combination of video, PowerPoint presentations, and maybe even a, a catch-up podcast afterwards or an interview you do with someone that just adds to the information. What you really need to do is assess each challenge on its own merits and, and don't feel like you can't adapt and change in between each sessions. The students are more than capable of adapting. They are so used to receiving information from such a vast array of media and just different content delivery machines. 
it won't phase them for a second. So don't be afraid to tailor each week to what works best, what works best for you and what works best for the material. Now this week, I'm going to start uploading the first couple of videos that deal directly with some of the tech challenges of a couple of the things we talked about there. They just walk you through the options available um, and these will vary from the very cheap to free, such as like using your phone or free, ed free editing software that you can download and create a professional production if you really want to, all the way up to paid software that you can buy that can give your work that extra bit of polish. But more important than that, there is something else that we need to consider for each and every online session that we create. The students, your students. For me, this is the centerpiece of all decision making. You know your students, you know what connects with them. And even if you don't, you know what doesn't connect with them. So we need to design the classes for them. If your concentration and if you're your guiding light all these classes is the student and their experience and the flow of how you're going to teach them, I guarantee you, you're going to make great engaging content. It's so important to put yourself in their shoes. Um, for the first years, I think it's definitely going to be the hardest because they have no tangible connection to their course or college or lecturers. Um, but regardless of what year it is, just be aware that they are sitting somewhere on a device trying to learn. And that could be out in a park. It could be in a, a noisy-ish library. It could be at home with a child beside them. So it's much more varied than it would be in a traditional classroom. And we need to be aware of that. The communal experience of the classroom has instead shifted to what is now much closer to a one-on-one -on -one learning environment. Uh, when, when they are watching your lesson, they will most likely be on their own and as such will feel like you are speaking just to them. You should use that. Do speak to them. Speak directly to them when you can. Under no circumstances, switch off and just rattle through a script or your slides. The shift to a new way of learning, uh, it may well be something that you don't enjoy, but that is not something you need to pass on to the students. None of this is their fault. They need their teachers now more than ever. And so it is up to us to try as much as possible to find workable solutions so that their education is just as good as the students pre-COVID-19 got. So before you start recording your lectures, before you go too far down the road of class plans, I'm going to ask you to test a few things out. Try different possibilities and watch them back and weigh up the pros and cons of each approach. Of course. No solution is perfect, but you should get a sense of what approach best works for you and works for the material that you're trying to teach. Maybe you are someone who can just walk into a room and talk off the top of your head on a topic for 45 minutes. And if you can, that's perfect. Maybe you need some bullet points to help keep yourself focused to make sure you stay on point. Or maybe you're someone who needs to take the time to actually type up a script that you can review in advance and will just read through it when you're doing a recording. All of these options are possible if you follow the tips that I'm going to lay out over the next coming of weeks. But I'd ask at this early stage for you to try them all, even just for a five or 10 minute chunk of something, even just pick one topic and try giving, give yourself a heading, try talking off the top of your head for 10 minutes. Then maybe you write four or five bullet points and give that same talk again, but using the bullet points. 
and then maybe write a script out and read it out afterwards and watch each of these back and see the difference. See which works for you. Maybe one didn't quite work this time, but you feel that with a bit more effort, you could probably really nail that approach. There is no right or wrong. It's just about finding the one that works for you. And lastly, on on a personal note, I want to finish on the fact that to most people, it probably seems obvious, except when you're thinking about it yourself. The truth is no one likes looking at themselves on camera and no one likes hearing their voice played back to them. Uh, All we see and hear is our flaws. Uh, We look weird because the only version of ourselves that we're used to seeing is ourselves mirrored in the bathroom mirror. So that, that version of yourself you're used to seeing, that's not actually really you, but that's what you're used to seeing. So that's why it looks strange when you see yourself play back on video. And when it comes to the sound of our voice, the sound that we hear when we speak is our voice echoing around in our chest and our head. So that's not actually what we sound like to other people. When you see a video or hear yourself talking, that's what you really look and sound like. There's really only one thing you can do when it comes to this, and that's, that's let it go. You just need to lose any sense of vanity you have over these things. And I know that's easier said than done, but it is the only way to get beyond it because that's not what's important here. What's important is the information and how well we can express it to the students. That way that you look and sound, that's the way everyone else sees and hears you all the time. Yes, that's right. All your past students, all our loved ones, even the barista who makes you your flat white in the morning. Yes, I'm afraid that's what they see and hear. And you know what? It doesn't bother them at all. It's just our own personal inhibitions. So if it's fine for them before now, before we had to look at ourselves, it's just as fine now. There's no escaping it. We just need to get used to it. And the more you can push through these personal inhibitions, the more you will be yourself and the better your delivery will be. Um, Now, we'll talk more about being yourself in in the next podcast, but for now, I just want to let these ideas float around in your mind a little bit. You don't need a perfect solution. You don't need to be perfect yourself. You just need to be open to try. And if you keep the student experience as the guiding light in your class plans, you're going to do great. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, we're going to talk more about being yourself and finding that voice but also I'm going to talk a bit about editing and when it's necessary and when it's not. If there's any particular topics you would like me or anyone else to address feel free to send them on, contact us directly and we'll do our very best to engage with them whether we just mention them in a podcast or maybe we can do a standalone piece on them. Um, always do get in touch subscribe to our podcast subscribe to the youtube channel to see all the videos we're going to be putting up there and we look forward to talking to you next week bye guys